This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I am going to talk about men who have control issues, which I've already talked about women who have control issues. Um, most My podcast about the CEO and the resentful employee was about both, but predominantly women. And there's way a lot of talk on my blog and everywhere else in the universe about when men um, just are very passive and listen to their woman tell them everything to do around the house. That's the entire reason these things are talked about, emotional labor and, and everything else. So uh, it's like people forget that like 50% of people with control issues are men because having control issues is not like a gender thing. So uh, in fact, uh, males with control issues are very common among the population that I see specifically, which is really high achieving people. Um, and people who have been very successful in a conventional sense. Um, So we'll talk about that, but first I must tell you to subscribe. And so the most recent one was why you should stop telling your wife to get a hobby. And um, so if I could take just one thing that everybody does that kind of is a huge turnoff to their spouse and change that for them, then that would be good. So maybe the one thing that you could do is listen to that podcast and stop telling your wife that she might really like CrossFit because she doesn't want to do CrossFit. And I will explain why. Um, Okay, so back to this topic. So what does it look like when a guy has control issues? Well, uh, he may not be in charge of every little thing around the house, although some guys are. They have all their systems in place and they want to be the one who does all of the home projects, who packs everything, who organizes everything, who puts everything in the dishwasher the right, quote unquote, right way, who, you know, is the one with all of the lists and the knows from micro and macro level everything that needs to be done in the home. There are some guys like that. There are other guys that are not as picky with various house things, but they are really picky globally about... um about just having things done their way. So for example, they want to only have vacations that they want to go on. So if they like hunting or fishing, then they want a vacation with hunting and fishing. If they only like the cold, then they will never go to a tropical island. Uh, same thing with eating. If they don't like Italian, they will never go out to eat Italian. They will only go to eat American or whatever. These are a lot of the guys actually who will watch every single football game. And it doesn't matter if there's an event or if there's like a fall festival with the kids, they will always watch it because they have to be in control of their schedule and that is their schedule. Now there's, at a very extreme version, this overlaps a lot with my OCPD podcast, um, Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder, which is distinguished from OCD, Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. This is a personality level disorder where somebody's very, very rigid. So, um, but you can listen to that. That's a very extreme version. But what I'm talking about here is just the person who's difficult. You know, this is a person who just wants it their way. 
And I'll know this in session because this is the person who has like the really, um, like if I'm trying to schedule a session with a couple, there's one person who can only do it at like certain times. And those times are very, very infrequent. So despite that the marriage is catastrophic, you know, they, they can still only do Mondays between three and four. Well, that indicates control issues, right? It doesn't usually at the level that we're talking about indicate that they are going to get fired if they were ever to come in late um, once every two weeks, but rather that that does not fit their schedule and their schedule and their choices and their preferences are um, paramount. Another big one where this comes out, which some men really don't understand, is with exercise. So if the man has a certain exercise schedule, I see this all the time, where they have to get out of the house by like 6 30 so that they can go until eight o'clock and then somehow they still feel like they're getting everything in because at eight o'clock they come back and then they drive the kids and then they do this and then they do that uh, but they're still extremely rigid so when you're partnered with somebody who's rigid you feel very um unimportant and dismissed and frequently looked down on and condescended to because they imply that you're doing things the wrong way because it's not their way. And they get also very, very anxious when things aren't done their way and that anxiety makes them act very snappish and um, and irritable and so they're really shit to be around at that time. Now, you may um, be able to very much empathize with your partner's experience uh, relating to you if you are the person with the control issues if you think about relating to whichever parent passed down their control issues to you because there was one. You don't learn it from nowhere. It's nature and nurture like everything else. So likely you had a very type A parent and genetically you're like them, but also you learned their style for being extremely controlling. By the way, there's... there's um, there's two types of controlling and there's overt just like narcissism it's like overt and covert so the overt is like the person who's like okay literally like this is the only schedule I will do and so um like the person who's like no I can really only do things between 3 and 4 p.m on Mondays and then there's the person who's like no no I'm really flexible totally but then if you're like okay what about uh 2 p.m. on Thursdays, they're like, mm, no, I'm sorry. It just, you know, that that just, just doesn't work. Maybe a different week, but certainly. And then eventually uh, you learn that it's really only Mondays <laughs> at 3. But they just don't want to seem controlling. So it's like kind of a passive approach to the same level of control. Somebody who's covertly controlling can be even more frustrating because they act like they're being flexible. They may even say that they're really laid back, but only the intimate part and the children know that this person is completely inflexible. So going back to where you learned this from and your family of origin, it is extraordinarily likely that if you're this way, that you had a parent who is this way. And um, you learned from them that there is one set of systems that are correct, you know, and there's uh, everything else is wrong. And there is one way to be efficient in any given situation. And for example, we pack for travel exactly in this way at this time and with this amount of days before the trip. We have to do this, we have to do that. And sometimes if you ask your spouse who's like this, why 
they have like 20 million reasons, you know, and none of them are like factual. They'll be like, well, you know, you got to book the flight like six weeks before because exactly six weeks really is the only way that you get the cheapest flight. And I know this because there was this time in college that I tried to do it at five weeks and this time in grad school, I tried to do it at seven weeks. And so I figured out this is all bullshit, by the way. This is just superstition, basically. This person will get now into the interesting part of why they're like this and why the parent was like this and everything. It's a form of anxiety you know like there's an illusion that if they can it makes them very very anxious to be out of control so there's an illusion that if they have all their ducks in a row somehow they will be able to make their life better smoother easier more efficient more effective optimized etc this is a lie like you know a meteor could come out of the sky and kill you at any time you could get into a car accident like anybody could get ill but people with control issues think really that if they optimize everything then they can keep everything safe secure stable and um, running perfectly and so what they fail to usually see they fail to see the forest for the trees so they they can say to themselves you know okay so my exercise schedule is really great it's 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 optimized because I don't bother anybody by waking up at 5 30 meanwhile of course they wake their wife up you know like when they're getting out of bed and um, then I run you know for like an hour and a half some superman and then I come back and then the kids I, I wake up the kids too and then I get them there and this and that and the other and like then you're like oh when do you hang out with your wife well the thing is is she really just goes to sleep a little bit late for me when does she go to sleep oh she, she goes to sleep at 10 but the thing is is in order to wake up at 5 30 I'm really asleep by 9 p.m which is of course five minutes after the kids go to sleep because they have this amazing routine and schedule where the kids are in bed by 8 55 and like there's no free lunch you know which is like a ubiquitous theme across my podcast episodes and across uh, kind of life and therapy and philosophy in general. Like there's no free lunch. If you are extremely rigid and extremely focused on yourself, this is a version of selfishness. You're so into yourself and your systems and your ways of doing things. Then your partner is going to feel resentful, dismissed, not prioritized, and frequently condescended to. Another thing that people with control issues do is correct. So they'll correct either overtly if they're more uh, overt of a controller or covertly. So either they will say, these guys will be like, uh, the, the wife, let's say, a uh, common one, the wife tries to get involved in the finances because she's uh, more confident now. She's older. She feels like she ought to know this stuff. She gave him over the all of the finances at the beginning because she herself wasn't confident. He seemed to like to do it. Now she wants to know about it. And uh, the first time that she says, oh, here's my pass at this or this budget or what I think, he's like, no, 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 no. Let me show you why you're wrong. <laughs> or if it's more covert, he'd be like, Oh, okay, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, good try. You know, but like that's not kind of how how I do it, which is, um, you know, which is okay. And by the time that he's done with all of that shit, she already feels like she's two inches tall and she's not going to try it again. Now, this is not to say, by the way, there is no um, bad guy, as I've consistently repeated. So who partners themselves with people with control issues? 
people who have no confidence. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's like a smaller version of the narcissist borderline dynamic that I speak about in my podcast. Who latches themselves to somebody who's so rigid, somebody who is very uh, insecure, frequently has some sort of like undiagnosed ADHD, doesn't feel like they're competent at anything. So then here comes in this man with all of his systems, you know, and so she thinks, all right, good, you know, I can't do it. I have low self-esteem. Maybe I grew up in a dysfunctional family of origin that really never taught me adulting skills or as they're called now, and I really don't know how to do anything. So I'm just going to get with the program. These systems and uh, routines and so forth certainly seem better than my none of those. And so the, the woman usually doesn't think as I get older, as I mature, as I grow more confident, I am going to want input. I am going to find this increasingly annoying that this guy tells me I'm pouring my cereal wrong, you know? Um, And so when I see these couples where the guy has control issues, it's usually the guy feels very shocked because he has been the same rigid fuck (laughs) for the whole time, you know? And um, he hasn't thought of himself like that. He thinks of himself as very optimized and very, uh, you know, like the the Tim Ferriss, you know, devotees that love Tim Ferriss and his four-hour work week, they, these guys really feel like they have every one of their ducks in a row and that they're amazing at keeping everything in its place and everything is efficient and they have no idea why their wife is so annoyed because they really used to be like this all the time and they're right but usually their wife has changed and she is now a mother and she is kind of looking indifferently at observing differently the way that he speaks to her which is frequently condescending and it's um a good a good um, example of this, I use this movie for everything, is When a Man Loves a Woman with Andy Garcia and Meg Ryan. And it's really it, it's really good about uh, codependence, about uh, she's an alcoholic in that movie, but it's, he also has control issues. So he's not just an enabler and a codependent, but it's a good example of somebody with control issues. And he thinks that he has everything exactly running perfectly. And then, um, and he really kind of talks down to her when, when she tries to intervene in any way. So there is a, there, there's a dynamic with this that's not dissimilar from my podcast, Mr. Perfect and His Crazy Wife. And that's a subscriber one. And I also have a post on it. And um, so this, the, in that, it's like this guy is so awesome. He has a great job. He's so smart. He's so calm, cool, and collected. He's a great dad. And she just, for some reason, is just some crazy bitch obviously there's more to the story. This guy's frequently very condescending. He doesn't really show any feelings. He thinks that he is on a pedestal and that she is just some crazy bitch, you know, which really does not allow for somebody to be their best self and frequently does not um, have any sort of vulnerability or any empathy. So the controlling person is not dissimilar. They, um, they, they may not even honestly be so charming as the Mr. Perfect, but they really do think that their systems, their routines, their whatever has gotten them to where they are. And they get very, very anxious deep existential dread if these um, if these routines are messed with. And frequently they get very angry. And you wouldn't think, they come off so rational that you would think that if you would say, oh, I bought you a different, you know, brand of chips that any human being that's really rational would be like, oh, okay, sure. But if somebody's extremely controlling, they're going to get very mad that you bought them a different brand of chips and they are going to never let you buy the chips again <laughs> or, or, or just buy the 
their own chips constantly, no matter which chips you buy, because there is something about having everything exactly the way that they're used to it that is very reassuring for this person and makes them feel like they're not anxious, when in reality, the anxiety underlies all of this and explains all of it. Um, they, If they are allowed to independently do every single little thing they want exactly how they want it, they don't feel anxious. So that's why they do it. And that's why anybody gets into kind of rigid routines or obsessions or compulsions of any sort. And not to say this is diagnosable OCD, but it's along the spectrum of anxiety-related issues, which OCD is, is one. You know, and OCPD is a personality disorder that relates to this rigidity, neither of which has to be uh, diagnosable in somebody with control issues like what I'm talking about, but, uh, but there are shades of of these same underlying constructs across all. So if you are with somebody with control issues, couples counseling can be very useful because you're finally going to get somebody. The, the whole point of really couples counseling is to grow more flexible. So if the person is yelling at you because you bought the wrong chips or is condescending to you because you thought that maybe you could take a different airline or uh, you, know, you tried to put a line item in the budget and they said no way, it's that's not going to go over well, you know. So there will finally be somebody who's saying kind of like, oh, why don't we learn to be a little more collaborative or flexible or what have you? And sometimes this really is a wake up call, especially for people that do not have deeper level personality issues that they could be like, but I thought like they would really think I thought the therapist would be on my side. My system is awesome, you know, and then this, the therapist is not on the side of the system. The therapist is on the side of a collaborative egalitarian respectful partnership and this is like a whoa mind fuck to the person with all the rigid systems who thinks that the be all and end all of life is to have the best system whoever has the best system wins which is not true it's whoever has the most usually happy fulfilling authentic relationships wins if we had to say about something about winning so hopefully uh, some of this was interesting to you and resonated with you in as much as how these issues develop, what the deeper meaning and fears behind these uh, control issues are, how they manifest overtly and covertly, what sorts of partners generally end up with such people, and a path forward where maybe in couples counseling, this is a real common one, dealing with one person being more rigid or anxious than the other. This is like the bread and butter for couples counselors, you know. And so it really could provide a path forward if you, as the partner of the person with control issues, feel like you have increasingly low self-esteem, that you get angry, resentful, that you feel bad about yourself, et cetera, et cetera. That's no way to live. Your kids, by the way, are going to start looking down on you, too, if they see that the father's looking down on the mother. The kids start to look down on the mother. It always happens. You don't want that to happen. All right. So uh, hopefully this gave you some food for thought. Please do subscribe, and I'll talk to everybody soon.